You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast supported by Harvest Partners. For more ways to deepen and challenge your spiritual walk, enroll in Pastor Greg's free online courses. Sign up at Harvest.org. We all seem to have short fuses, don't we? But wait a second. If you're a Christian, you should be different than that. Some people like to think they're on fire for Jesus, but come off more as just hot-headed. Pastor Greg Laurie has good counsel today. Jesus says, By this shall all men know you are my disciples, that you have loved one for another. Listen to this. When Christians love one another, it's a powerful witness to a lost world. This is the day when the lost are found. The Bible tells us believers are ambassadors or representatives of Christ. Each of us is a walking, talking billboard for the Lord. What does your billboard say? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie continues his series, Water, Fire, Stone, an inspiring look at the life of Moses. And today we'll see how Moses actually demonstrated how not to behave as one of God's children. We'll see what happens when anger gets the best of us. Good insight is coming up. Grab your Bibles and turn to two passages, Exodus chapter 20 and Joshua chapter 14. If you have one of those fancy Bibles like this one here with ribbons, you can put a ribbon in Joshua 14, but we're going to start with Exodus 20. So some years ago, I was back in New York City with my wife around Christmas time. We had another couple uh, that were over there with us as well. So the girls went shopping at Macy's department store and it was raining like crazy. And they didn't want to get wet and I very valiantly said, I'll go get you a cab. And I went out in the horrible rain and finally a cab stops and I said, hang on here one second. So I opened up the back door and I gestured to them, come on, come on. And the girls are in high heels. So they're walking like this fast, you know. Come on, come on, come on. And while I'm waiting for them to come, some guy starts to step into my cab that I hailed. And I said, sir, hold on. This is my cab. And this guy, he, I don't know how to put it delicately, he flipped me the bird. I mean, like within three inches of my face. I was so mad, I shoved this guy. I said, it's my cab. And this guy, whoa, that guy's a psycho. So the girls got in. My other friend got in. We shut the door. We're driving off. I was feeling really good about myself. I showed that guy. And then the adrenaline wore off. And I realized how insane that was, what I had just done. And ironically, I was in New York City to preach. I thought, what if this guy shows up at the meeting and I'm preaching that? says, hey, that's that guy that shoved me when I was trying to steal his cap. Basically, I lost my temper. And you know what? There's a lot of that going on right now. And our culture. We all seem to have short fuses, don't we? Politics. Oh my goodness. So everybody's in their political corner and we come out fighting and we come out debating and it just seems to get more intense. So we get that. We know people lose their temper. We know people are uptight. But wait a second. Are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, you should be different than that. 
We should not be caught up in all of this anger that is being expressed by so many people. The Bible says a person who loses his temper is a fool in Proverbs 29, 11. Scripture tells us as followers of Christ we're to love others and we're to be at peace. In fact, Jesus said in John 13, 36, by this shall all men know you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. Listen to this. When Christians love one another, it's a powerful witness to a lost world. Let me add, when Christians are fighting with one another, it's a poor witness to a lost world. Oh, I know, we feel justified in unloading both barrels and giving someone a piece of our mind. But if you give too many pieces of your mind away, you won't have any left for yourself. We justify this anger because we know, at least we say, we're in the right on this subject. Okay, fine. Let's just say for the sake of a point, you're right. You don't have to scream at someone. You don't have to turn it into a major conflict. And we may rationalize this by saying, well, we're more spiritual than them and we need to set them right. But if you're really a spiritual person, if you're really a godly person, you'll be a humble person and you'll be a loving person, not someone who is filled with anger and rage. We as believers should be showing love and forgiveness. And if we don't listen to this, we grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, the Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit can be lied to. The Holy Spirit can be resisted. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. And the Holy Spirit can be grieved. You only grieve someone you love. If some random stranger comes up to me and insults me, it doesn't grieve me. It just bugs me. But if someone I love says something hurtful to me, it grieves me. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit. You say, well, what does that even mean? It means to make sad or sorrowful. How do we do it? Ephesians 4.30 gives the answer. It says, don't grieve or bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. And what would that be? He continues on, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Listen to this. Be kind to each other tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God through Christ has forgiven you. Be kind to each other. And I have no doubt that social media is feeding this frenzy. I think we spend way too much time looking at phones and tablets and following our favorite website that inflames us. And speaking of tablets, I want to talk about a guy who really lost his temper. We're in a series on the life of Moses. We're calling it water, fire, stone. And Moses had quite the temper because when God gave to him the Ten Commandments and he descended from Mount Sinai and saw the Israelites who were left under the charge of Aaron uh, dancing naked before a golden calf, he was really ticked off and Moses took the commandments and smashed them on the ground. Now that's crazy. I mean, I know he's mad. And I know there's a place of righteous indignation, but to smash the commandments handwritten by the finger of God on the ground, that, that's crazy. But Moses had that temper. Hey, don't forget that 
The reason he was in exile in the wilderness is because he lost his temper when he saw an Egyptian slave driver mistreating a Jew. The Bible says he looked to the right, he looked to the left, and he killed the guy. I mean, I'm not saying it would be a good idea, but punch the guy maybe, but literally he killed the man and then he buried him in the shifting sand and he was sent into exile and God gave to Moses a long time out. You know, that's what you do with kids today when they're being naughty. All right, time out. And they have to go sit in a room by themselves. The Lord said to Moses, time out. Go to the wilderness. For 40 years, he tended a flock of sheep. He was off the grid. He was off social media. He killed his Twitter account, Facebook, and Instagram. He didn't even use TikTok. (laughs) And he just waited. And the Lord recommissioned him. Now you would have thought this would have been a new and improved Moses, free of anger issues. But he goes into the Pharaoh to demand the release of the Israelites. And the Pharaoh refuses. And we read that Moses went out in fury. (laughs) So let's just say Moses had some anger issues. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. We're encouraged to hear when these studies have impacted lives, even through difficult times. Pastor Greg, I truly feel as if I personally know you. I have followed your ministry from the early 90s on one of Billy Graham's radio stations in North Carolina. You will never know how much your messages have touched my life and made me a better Christian. I won't soon forget the day I heard the devastating news of your son Christopher's passing because it happened on my husband's birthday. And then in December of 2021, I experienced my own crushing loss with the death of my husband. Through it all, I am thankful you continue to let your light so shine before man that we glorify the Father. God bless you and your family. How have these daily studies ministered to you and your family? Would you let us know? Tell us your story by calling 1-866-871-1144. That's a special number, 866-871-1144. Well, today, Pastor Greg is presenting a study in his series on the life of Moses called On the Outside Looking In. Let's continue. So let's fast forward now many years. The people of Israel are on the very brink of the promised land. And by the way, they had been complaining every step of the way. They did not believe that God would let them go into this land. It would be too hard. Remember in our last message with the title, It's All How You Look at Things, there was the majority report and the minority report. Twelve spies were dispatched. None of them were 007, I don't think. But the ten spies, the majority, gave a very discouraging report. They said, all the people that are in the land are huge and we're like grasshoppers in their sight and we'll never succeed. And then the minority report, which was made up of Joshua and Caleb, said, yeah, things are big, but check out the size of these grapes we brought back. It took two of them to bring the grapes uh, because they were so huge. And they said, the Lord will give us a land. But the people believed the majority report instead of the minority report. And they just complained and wine. And Moses put up with it. You know, the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. By the way, understand what meekness is. 
Meekness is not the same as weakness. Let's say that uh, you're a scrawny little dude and you're on the beach building a sandcastle. The sad thing is, is you're in your 30s. But still, there you are <laughs> building your sandcastle. And some muscular, aggressive guy comes along and kicks sand in your face and you don't respond. Why? Because you're weak. You have no options. What, are you going to hit him with your little plastic shovel? Now let's change the scene. Let's say that you are an expert in mixed martial arts and you're building your sandcastle and that guy comes along and kicks sand in your face and you choose to not respond. Is that because you're weak? No, it's because you're meek. Meek is power under constraint. It's, it's controlling your temper. Moses had a temper, but he put up with this. He was meek, the meekest man on the face of the earth. But there comes a point when enough is enough and Moses was fed up. He couldn't take it anymore and he literally just loses it. Because the Israelites seem to have spiritual amnesia. They seem to be forgetting all that God had done for them over the many years. How God provided them food every single day right outside of their tent door and it was called manna. How God directed them with a fire by night and a cloud by day. How God watched over them. How God parted the Red Sea for them but they forgot. And sometimes we get discouraged when we forget the faithfulness of God in the past. My wife keeps a prayer journal and sometimes she'll say, Greg, look what I wrote in my prayer journal two years ago. Look at what we were facing and look at how the Lord got us through it. And the point of that is, is it's good to reflect back on the faithfulness of God because when you're going through something in the moment, you wonder, am I gonna get through it? Has God not been faithful to you in the past? The answer is yes. Therefore, will he not be faithful to you in the present? And whatever conflict you're facing right now, the answer again is yes. And will he not be faithful to you in the future? In Psalm 107, we have a record of all that God did for the nation Israel. How he provided for them. How he protected them. And then we read in Psalm 107, 31, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works for the children of men. They just keep repeating that refrain. But the Israelites had forgotten what God had done. So they were thirsty. And they said, We're thirsty, Moses. And you know, have you brought us out in the wilderness so we would just die of thirst? And so Moses and Aaron go and pray in the tabernacle. That's a tent that they set up to meet God in. And by the way, it's always a good thing to do when you're stressed, pray. When you're frustrated, pray. <laughs> when you're angry, pray. Pray that God will give you wisdom. So they're praying, Lord, just help us now. And the Lord gives them a clear direction. The Lord says, Moses, I want you to go to the rock and I want you to speak to it and water will come out. Now on another occasion, God had directed Moses to go to a rock and strike it with his staff and water came out. But this time the Lord said, don't strike it. Just speak to the rock and the water will come and satisfy the thirst of the people. You know what? Moses was not in the mood to speak to some rock. He wanted to hit something. Have you ever been so mad you hit something then hurt yourself? Moses said, I'm not only gonna whack that rock once, like last time, I'm gonna hit it twice. So he grabs a staff and he goes to the rock. Well, let's see what happened. Numbers chapter 20, verse 10. 
he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. And he shouted, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with a staff, and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. There's a number of things that went wrong here. Some big mistakes that Moses made. If you're taking notes, here's point number one. Moses was taking personal credit for what God had done. Moses was taking personal credit for what God had done. What did he say? You rebels, must we bring you water as we did before? Uh, excuse me, Moses. You didn't bring water out of a rock before. God did that. You're taking credit for what the Lord has done. And then he whacks the rock, not once, but twice. Sounds like Moses is beginning to believe his own press. But here's the thing. God wants the glory in your life. And listen to this. God wants to use you. God wants to speak through you. God wants to use you as an instrument to bring comfort and help to people who are in need. I just talked to a lady yesterday and she told me she works in hospice care. So she is with people who are on the brink of eternity. And she was talking with a man who was close to death's door. And, and so she went out and got him a copy of my book, Jesus Revolution, and had read it to him. And it impacted this man. And he ended up coming to Christ and so she told me about all the opportunities she has to minister to people. I thought, what a wonderful thing this is. I mean, she's in a, a position where she could reach people that I could never reach. And you're in a position to reach people that no one else can reach. So God wants to use you, and God will use you. Listen to me. If you will dare to pray this prayer, you will find the Lord will answer it. Just pray this. Lord, use me today. <laughs> You could even pray it right now. Lord, use me today. But listen, God may answer that prayer sooner than you may expect. Because God loves to use us. But when He uses us, make sure you give Him the glory. Because sometimes people want to give us the glory. In the book of Acts chapter 14, there's a story of Paul and Barnabas who were in a city called Lystra. And they were preaching. And there was a man who had been disabled, unable to walk from his birth. And as he was listening uh, to Paul preach, they could see that this man had faith to be healed. So Paul said to the man, stand up. And right there, this man who had never walked before jumped to his feet and began to walk and leap. And he was so excited. And the people watching, they freaked out. They said, these men are gods and human bodies. And then they started to bring sacrifices to them. And Paul and Barnabas are like, guys, what are you doing? Uh, and they say to them in Acts 14, 15, friends, why are you doing this? We're just human beings like you are. We've come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God. So immediately they say, hey guys, don't give us the credit. Don't give us the glory. We're here to tell you to turn away from putting your faith in people or idols or anything else. And so Moses was taking credit for what God had done. Don't touch God's glory. Practical counsel from Pastor Greg Laurie's study today on A New Beginning. 
And there's more to come from this message called On the Outside Looking In. Well, Pastor Greg, we're excited to announce your new film called Fame. Yeah. Uh, We'll have more details about that in just a moment. But uh, let me ask you, when you were growing up, did you ever want to be famous? Well, the answer to that question is probably found in a drawing that I did when I was probably around 10 years old. It was a drawing of an amusement park called Loriland. Oh, yeah. And uh, and in the little drawing I did, there's a convertible and me, I'm sitting in the convertible and people are chasing me. So I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you know, it was my version of Disneyland, you know, yeah. because I enjoyed Disneyland and going there as a little boy. But I think what I was searching for really was not fame, but significance. Yeah. You want to be known. You want to be noticed. You want to matter. Yeah. And I think to a large degree, because of the way I was raised, I I felt I was experiencing the opposite of that. Yeah. So I know, I've met a lot of famous people now, talk with them, seen what their life is like. I've studied this subject deeply, and and I've written a book about it, and we have a movie about it. And here's the premise of the movie. Fame is not the answer. <laughs> You know, Jim Carrey, who's been very successful in film, made this statement, and I quote, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer, end quote. You know, I think in our culture today, Dave, people feel if they could be rich and famous, then they would be happy. But think about the year 2018. Two well-known celebrities took their own life, Mm. Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. You know, you go to the Kate Spade store, it's all vibrant and colorful and happy. And and this young lady, unfortunately, committed suicide, as did Anthony Bourdain, who had the very popular show on CNN, Parts Unknown, where mm-hmm. he would travel around the world and sample all sorts of exotic fare and meals. But more than that, he had fascinating conversations with people, and he would often ask them, What makes you happy? Mm. He was really searching. And one day he just decided he didn't want to live anymore. Well, if fame and notoriety was the answer, why would two highly successful people like this take their own lives? It's sort of like you're climbing a mountain and you say, the mountain of fame, when I get to the top, I'll be happy. And you get to the top and there's nothing there. And so we've produced a film where we interview two very famous people, among others, starting with Alice Cooper. I think it comes as a surprise to people to learn that Alice Cooper is a Christian and not someone who recently became a Christian, but someone who has actually been a follower of Jesus for 25 years or more. And we also talked to baseball great Daryl Strawberry, Mm -hmm. another living legend, but in the sports world. Mm -hmm. And Daryl had it all, playing for the best teams in the world, World Series rings, but he also became infamous in addition to being famous for his off-field antics, getting arrested for drug use and actually serving time in prison. His marriage collapsed, but God reached out and saved Daryl Strawberry just like he saved Alice Cooper. You couldn't have two guys that are any more different, but yet at the same time, both guys who found the same answer in Christ. So you're going to see and hear some amazing things in this new film that has never been revealed to the public before, real insights into these fascinating characters. This is a great film to show to a non-believer, and then afterwards have that important conversation with them. And at the end of the film, uh, actually sitting behind the Hollywood sign, you know that famous Hollywood sign? We actually went to it, 
And by the way, that's not easy to get to. I had to literally rappel down the side of this very steep hill. I, I knew it was a bad idea the moment I started holding onto this rope and lowering myself to lean against a sign, which kind of is, is you know, there's a huge drop right at yeah. the edge of it. But, hey, you know, what is that expression? A uh, pain is temporary. That film is forever. <laughs> right. So we thought, well, let's get this right. So the sun was setting. is beautiful. And we shot the closing part of the film where I present the gospel. Mm. And behind the famous Hollywood sign, point out that this Hollywood sign, an icon of, of this community known for all the stuff they put out, that it's really Christ we're looking for. So great film to watch with a non-believer. Have a watch party. Invite people over to your home. We're going to put it exclusively on our new Harvest Media platform that we're very excited about. And we also have a companion book. Mm. By the same title, Fame, that uh, I wrote with my friend Marshall Terrell. We wrote many books together, including Steve McQueen, The Salvation of an American Icon, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon, and also Billy Graham, The Man I Knew. Now we have Fame to add to the collection. Mm. So we'll send you this book for your gift of any size, but encourage you to be a part of the premiere of this new film from Harvest Ministries, Fame. Yeah, that's right. These are two important tools. Now, we'll send you the book called Fame to thank you for partnering with us to keep bringing the gospel in innovative ways such as this. Your investment makes such a difference in how many lives we can reach with the hope of Christ. And so, when you send your donation today, please ask for the new book called Fame. But also, mark your calendar for the premiere of Fame the Movie. It's coming October 20th through 22nd to our new Harvest Media platform at harvest.org and also to streaming platforms such as Roku, Apple TV, Samsung, Amazon Fire, and Google Play. You can watch it for free. Again, it debuts October 20th through 22nd. You can get the details at harvest.org. And at that website, you can also request the new book, Fame, for your gift of any size. That's harvest.org, or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call us at 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-7 phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Well, next time, more from Pastor Greg's enlightening study based on the life of Moses called Water, Fire, Stone. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Harvest Ministries, follow this show and consider supporting it. Just go to harvest.org. And to find out how to know God personally, go to harvest.org and click on Know God.